Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. Long time uh, doing the... It's been a long time since I've done the, the full Analytics of Dynasty show release, uh, but I wanted to update you on some things that are going on for the 2021 season. So uh, excited about some projects that are going on. First off, the release of the Analytics of Dynasty 2021 edition will be on Saturday, January 30th. It is all but done. Just a few last edits to make a little introduction to write and um, i got to put the cover on it other than that it's done so really excited about it this year lots of different things that i've never really looked at and uh it, it's just some there's a lot of value in it uh and it's some different strategies i think that it's a whole different angle to fantasy i'd never really been able to quantify so that really is interesting uh I, I call it the Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards Lair debate, uh, which is basically how do you treat a profile like Josh Jacobs, who came in as a rookie uh, and hit, uh, versus uh, a uh, running back who comes in as a rookie, and you know what are the different levels and baselines for that, uh, and how do you sort of make that analysis? one of my favorite things I've ever done in terms of looking at that in terms of the impact of that decision. And coincidentally enough, Clyde Edwards Lair now fits the bucket of the Josh Jacobs profile. So uh, it's interesting to see how those profiles are treated a year out uh, versus the rookies. It's a, it's, that's some really interesting analysis I found in there. Um, I think there's clear edges in, in some of the stuff that I wrote in that chapter. It's a lot about rookies and, and sort of how do we treat them and then how do we treat them after they hit and sort of moving from there. So some really interesting early on trends. A lot of it's applicable to this year too with some of the with some of the hits at running back. Um, we've got I have a metric called developmental hits, which are guys that you know don't hit the top twenty four threshold that I typically characterize as a hit, but they hit the top thirty six threshold, right? So they finish just outside. So a guy like Dobbins this year, sort of what arc does that put him on? Uh, it's really interesting stuff. And then what I also did is you can tell a lot from from those players where they go in ADP, right? So where they become values in all of those things, it's all interrelated. And uh, it's, it's a really interesting sort of thorough look at how player production impacts value uh, and impacts, you know, future profiles and all that sort of stuff. So found a lot of interesting things. And I think some things that are really, given the, the marketplace where we, at this, where we are at this year are going to be really, really impactful. Uh, one thing that I did in the 2020 edition was some of the quarterback stuff. That stuff helped me immensely in 2021 uh, or in 2020 leagues and really heading into my analysis in 2021. That was the big, like one of the most impactful things that that I've ever found in terms of dynasty. Some big successes there with Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins fit in my methods. Uh, really, really excited about that. So this is kind of the next frontier in terms of some of some of the things that I think are going to be really impactful. Another thing I looked at is uh, scoring margin uh, and, and basically what are some of the mistakes we make in terms of team building and expecting uh, and the decisions that we make in terms of team building. Uh, you know, I have a little update on the rule of seven, uh, which is applicable to uh, super flex leagues, which of course the rule of seven was, uh, you know, seven points increases an, a an increase average of seven points in your weekly scoring. Uh, output will increase you by a win. It's a little bit different in Superflex. So I was actually surprised at how 
the margin for which it was different. So I did a little bit on that, um, and I measured a lot of the performances of, of game performance and, and how close team uh, margin of victory actually is and some of the performance things in there that we can find from, uh, you know, from team performance and how that can uh, impact roster construction and the decisions we make about players because there's some really important narratives that just aren't true that i found in there that i think can really open up your idea on roster construction and those sorts of things um, i actually have contributors this year so this is uh, a really exciting thing for me i have three contributors this year chad parsons my co-host over at uth and football guys he wrote on roster retention rates which is really interesting and one of the things i've always thought about in dynasty is that we play kind of too long term especially down our roster a lot of his analysis hit that right on the head really helpful stuff in terms of how we should think about our rosters uh, and, and looking at them going forward i also have uh, peter howard of dlf uh, and he has a, a, a an outstanding chapter on the metrics that matter for rookies and really how we should think about rookie profiles, what things we should be looking for in rookie profiles in terms of stats, uh, the process of which we should go through thinking those, incredibly helpful. It was a, a really enjoyable read for me in terms of using some of that stuff. And also uh, Scott Connor, Dynasty and Chill podcast, uh, a, a really awesome work on tight end premium strategies and basically how the baselines move, how the, the rosters move, and how that impacts how you should think about tight ends across all scoring formats. And it's really, a, a really, a really good uh, a chapter in terms of some of that stuff. And it's going to really help me. I know it's helping me already in some of my in some of my tight end premium leagues. So I'm excited that I got the advanced copy, and I know what's in it, so I can put it into play. So, um, so you want to get that early on before the market, you know, before you see any sort of market correction on on any of that stuff. Um, some additional things, like I said, the rookie value things, the rookie metrics. Um, I did a lot of startup strategies in terms of uh, value in there. One thing I really found, like I said about the quarterback stuff last year, one thing I really found this year is the some wide receiver stuff. Like there's some really interesting things about wide receivers that the market's making just consistent mistakes on. And I found that and uh, I think it's pretty helpful. I think the market's miscalibrated in a couple of key ways. And I think it's really, really exploitable. So that's that's uh, really exciting there. I also did a, um, a trade strategies, basically 10 different ideas to help you make better trades. Um, and that's that's uh, in there. Uh, and that's fun. It's always difficult to write about trades because it tends to become a little bit of story time. So I tried to balance strategy and, story, and some examples in there as well. And uh, one of my favorite things that I, I try and do each year is to incorporate some different ideas. Uh, and I led the book with this actually this year, Team Building Strategies is uh, looking at things outside of Dynasty that we can use in Dynasty and some different things and some different ways to, to evaluate uh, you know, our process and to, to frame our process and all of those things. So that's all in there. Really excited about it all. Um, so you can find that all over at analyticsatdynasty.com slash shop. You can find it in there. Get the 2021 edition. Get signed up. I'm releasing it next Saturday. Uh, and... If um, I should be done before that, so if you pre-order, it might be looking at your email inbox before then. So, um, so go ahead, get that, uh, get that order in, and um, you might uh, might get a little surprise at some point before the official release on Saturday. So, um, in addition, I just wanted to to let everyone know I'm doing. Well, I haven't been doing a ton of these podcasts. I've had the other forums of football guys and doing some of those. 
you know, doing the weekly football guys podcast. I have been doing a, uh, I had been doing Patreon and Patreon was really interesting experience. I did like daily podcasts from essentially March through like the end of June, I think it was, or May. Um, it was absolutely through the end of the draft. I think it was sometime in May that I stopped doing daily ones, but kept up like four or five a week. And then I went back to daily ones as the, as the season approached. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a whole different thing this year. I'm actually making analytics at dynasty.com a subscription website. So you get a free, you get a podcast feed included with that. Um, and some written articles that are going to be coming down the pipe, uh, some different take on rankings. Um, I did some tiers and stuff in my Patreon my Patreon, I'm taking a little bit different look at it this year in terms of trying to think about how we make decisions and, and more clarify some of our lenses um, for that to sort of go along with some of the things that I learned in the writing of the book. Um, so those will be coming out here after the book releases. All those things are going to be coming out. Those are all February projects over at analyticsofdynasty.com. But I have been doing a daily podcast, uh, the Dynasty Daily, uh, since the last week of December. Uh, and that has been uh, each day looking at a different topic, thinking about it's different players, it's different strategies, looking at a lot of metrics, looking at how players performed, uh, different things we can find for the trade market, some different strategies, incorporated some stuff from the book, starting to look at rookies a little bit. That's going to be more you know, February into March as we, as we continue to get a better idea of this class, we'll have a better understanding of it. Um, those are all projects going on there. So you get a daily podcast in your private in your private feed with a copy of uh you know you'll get you'll get a link to basically uh import it into your preferred podcast uh platform so if you like itunes or you know any of the other um podcast uh, uh apps that you have on your phone uh you can you can get all the dynasty daily podcasts in there one a day um throughout the off season so heck it might even be one a day in season so we'll see if we can go 365 we'll see how that works um, so that's pretty much it uh, for for some of those announcement stuff. I have uh, as a as a free, and I'm going to one project I have coming down the uh, coming down the pike here is uh, that I'm really excited about. I'm going to work with a couple of people. I'll have a more formal announcement coming up. Uh, it is probably really going to start the weekend between the Super Bowl between the AFC Championship game, the championship games and the Super Bowl, or the weekend after the Super Bowl. But we're going to do redraftables, and so we're going to go look at prior redraft or prior uh, uh, rookie drafts and go back and redraft them. Look at some of the decisions that were made, some of the mistakes that we can maybe learn from heading into the 2021 rookie draft. Look at some of those things and and uh, and go back through some of those classes because some of them are really interesting, uh, and I think can have some really good insight on some of the on some of the uh, the strategy decisions we made. So gonna have the redraftables coming out. Have some guests in that. Excited excited for for that. I will have more podcasts on this feed. I'm gonna do some interviews. Have some a couple people lined up. Uh, and I'm gonna do some more stuff. We're trying to think uh, bigger picture here uh, in addition to some of the specific dynasty advice, but think about some bigger picture stuff as the off season goes along. So, um, so that's pretty much that I am including at the end of this, a free uh, preview of one of the dynasty daily podcasts. So you can find all that stuff over at analytics at dynasty.com slash shop. You can go and look uh, for the, or actually it's on the homepage. It'll say subscribe to AOD. Um, and uh, you can do that. I also have the group me. There's two different options there. You can subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe and use the code um, 2021, 
21 i will have um i'll include the book in there with your purchase of an analytics of dynasty membership so you can do that um the dynasty daily and all the the full analytics of dynasty membership that includes the podcast all the written content is 124.99 a year uh the the full uh all the the uh, basically the comprehensive package, which includes all of the dynasty daily stuff, all of the written content and the group me access is, uh, is 200. So, um, if you use the code 2021, you'll get a free copy of the book. So you're taking, uh, that, that down, uh, in terms of your, your, uh, the cost there in terms of the book. So, um, so yeah, and it'll be out, like I said, this upcoming week. So, while you're waiting, I have included a copy of the uh, one of the the Dynasty Daily podcasts. Give you a preview of it, uh, just on some strategy stuff that I included in the book. Something I call ten ten ten, or well, it's called ten ten ten. I call it two two two, um, and some trading strategy uh, decisions that I think can be helpful for you. So it's about twenty six minutes or so. It's right attached to the end of this podcast. So just keep listening, and if you'd like to sign up, go over to analyticsdynasty.com, and you can find it right on the homepage there, up in the upper left hand corner. Uh, you can subscribe to AOD. That's where all the Dynasty Daily stuff is. Or you can subscribe to AOD with the Group Me and get the Group Me as well. So, uh, all right. Well, enjoy this free preview, and until next time, continue embracing the variance, and we'll talk again soon. Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. Diving into a little bit of trade strategy here. As we enter into the offseason, trade's going to pick up. Uh, and, you know, I, it's really time to think and hone in on some of your evaluations and work on some of your process, right? So thinking about what what you're trying to do. One thing I'll say from the outset, and I've started to do this on some of my teams, might be in a worse position than I might have otherwise thought I was going to be coming into the offseason. Retirements at quarterback, for example, hurting in a couple of leagues, what I expect might be retirements. I didn't really think Roethlisberger was going to retire. I'm suddenly spooked by it, right? So that's going to put me in a different in a different strata. So I think ultimately in that league, for example, I'm going to need to address quarterback. How am I going to do that? Right. How am I going to Superflex League? Got to figure out a way to do that. Right. So one of the things I'm thinking about doing at this point is uh, I got to make some trades, probably open up some flexibility in terms of my roster, looking at different arbitrage opportunities. You know, what is, you know, what what is uh, Zeke to David Montgomery, for example, something like that. Uh, you know, what can I sort of add in that to create some roster flexibility to make a secondary trade right thinking about that thinking about what your ultimate uh your ultimate goal is how do i make it happen well sometimes it isn't just a one for you know a one for one trade that fixes a need and boom you got it right sometimes you need to do more things uh so that's really one of the things that i, I think you need to look at one of the things i'm talking about in the book is looking at strategies in a uh, really looking at decisions in a two week two month two year window so what do I mean by that? There's a book called uh, 10, 10, 10, and it's 10 months. Uh, it's uh, 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years uh, is, is what the uh, is really what it is in terms of looking at your decisions. Basically, when you're thinking about a decision, go to two months or go to, you know, 10 minutes from now or 10 months from now or 10 years from now and then look back at the decision and think about what you did right and sort of put yourself in that different frame where instead of looking forward you're looking back 
Uh, and that's really, really appealing, right? And it, it sort of thinks, hey, what, what are the things I'm going to go, uh, you know, 10, 10 years from now, what are the things I'm going to regret, right? Uh, regret minimization, those sorts of things. So there's plenty of trades that those opportunities present themselves where you're taking sort of short-term pain for huge upside long-term. But even beyond that, it is a, right, just because you make a trade now doesn't necessarily mean you're going to stand pat. Right, just because you're making a trade now or a, a draft pick selection now, right? You don't need to start someone for another, uh, you know, another, another uh, almost eight months now, right? So there's still a lot of time, right? That's more the medium term, uh, and that's really the thing that you need to think about now, right? Is more think about in that context, right? Think about yes, you're thinking long term, yes, you're thinking in draft, but really focus right now if you have needs. Uh, if you have say, Hey, listen, I've, I'm going to get crushed by some retirement problems, or I'm going to get like, we're going to have, we're going to have a problem here, right? At, at, at quarterback. Uh, if you know, if you're invested in breeze or Ben or rivers or whatnot, we're going to have a problem. You don't need to fill that today. You don't need to fill it tomorrow. You don't need to fill it in your rookie draft. You might do any of those things, but it might be more of a process. It might be, hey, I need to listen. I've got one, right? And maybe it's like I go into the season and I'm, I just got one, and I'm playing some backups, and we'll figure out the super flex spot, and then you can buy low, right? Maybe that's what the answer is. Maybe the answer is, hey, I need to sort of free up some rookie pick spots, just get myself some additional liquidity. I can move around the board, get up, and get somebody, right? Maybe it's that I punt the season, right? Maybe it's that I, hey, I'll, I'll take I'll take the short term pain here, uh, and look towards 2022, something like that, right? You don't need to necessarily make those decisions now. Make good trades uh, in the in the near term, with sort of an eye on, hey, how can I leverage this trade into something bigger, right? Call it the cascade trade. Uh, is you know when you trade for. Uh, one piece who then turns into another piece and that turns into another piece, right? Thinking in sort of that context, you don't necessarily know when you're right now what that next context is going to be, but opening yourself up to getting, you know, arbitraging players, getting similar profiles, those sorts of things and creating flexibility. That's pretty key right now. So thinking in those windows is really important. And then also your trade should reflect your strategy, Right. And so many times you'll just see people, you know, it cracks me up. You'll get the drunk trade or you'll get podcasts and stuff talking about, you know, was I drunk or sober when I made this trade? Like uh, that, that might be fun, but that's not successful process. Right. And so successful processes be, you know, what's my strategy? You know, what am I trying to, what am I trying to accomplish? Right. Am I trying to accomplish uh, an arbitrage? Am I trying to accomplish a sell high on a player? You know, am I trying to accomplish a um you know a, an exit on an age thing am i trying to reset the clock uh, am i trying to ultimately acquire a quarterback right all of those things everything should be aimed towards that right and we might not necessarily know it's going to turn out but it should be aimed at doing that right thinking about how we ultimately get to that game right this isn't checkers right where we're doing one move at a time it's chess where we got to think two three four moves ahead in, in terms of like how, how do we how do we transition and we shore up one strength uh or we create you know flexibility or roster room whatever and all right now that can transition into something else and then okay and that trade maybe can pivot into a different strength or i can package up or whatnot right you're, you're 
constantly trying to string things together. That's really the thing I think you need to look at. So thinking in terms of, you know, windows and strategies right now, looking at your team, and I think I talked about this in a prior podcast, and I really started doing this today, but looking at my teams and saying one team in particular, and it doesn't need to be, and one of the things that this can be really tough with is that folks will look and say, oh, I've got, you know, 10, 12, 20, 50, 100 rosters. Like this can be a little overwhelming. Do one at a time. And it might not even be one a day, right? Or it might not even be, you know, that you need to do, you know, them all in one sitting. But thinking about, hey, uh, you know, I have, and some of, some of your leagues right now, people aren't renewed. Uh, so it's tough to make trade offers because their privileges are locked, those sorts of things. Identify a league where mostly everyone's there and say, okay, like, and write it down. Say, listen, all right, I've got a need here, maybe at, at running back two, like I got to get this better. Like maybe I overperformed win expectation, those sorts of things. And start looking at what you might, what your, the ultimate picture might look like for 2021. Say, all right, here's the general three, four things that I might need to do to address this, right? Maybe I sell Miles Gaskin uh, and sell him to get sort of out of that. Uh, out of that profile, get myself some flexibility, right? Maybe that's part one, right? And that can take place in a variety of options, right? And then, you know, the next one is, hey, maybe, you know, I've got an overpriced guy. Uh, maybe I got kind of a middling running back. I need to sort of move off of that, whether that's move down and get uh, a player that I like that's cheaper and, and another player or another pick, or maybe that's to move up, right? Like sort of identify that. And you can sort of uh, as you're doing this to-do list, right, three, four things per team, think about what is, what are the different options that I can do to get this, right? And write it down, right? Or type it out or take a voice memo, right? Memorialize it. And that'll keep you accountable and it will keep you uh, much more focused on, on it, right? It'll keep you much more, what's this, you know, what's the saying when you really want to accomplish something, write it down. So that way you got to look at it, right? If you want to lose 20 pounds, write, write down that I want to lose 20 pounds by this date. And you're much more likely to do it because you've committed to doing it. You sort of thought about it. You're going to do it. Um, and you are basically shaming yourself into do it, right? Do those things with your teams. And that's not to say that plans can't change, but think, Hey, here's three, four things that I really need to do. Uh, and I create this right in, I'm going to actually create it. I have a notebook. I'm going to create it in a notebook. Um, but it can be in your, your Excel tracker, your Google sheets tracker for your teams or, you know, however you keep track of everything, right? Just keep different notes and then, you know, and then do that for a team, send out some offers, think about it, you know, look where your rookie picks are, all of those things. And, and really think about that, right? So that's really one of the things is your trade should ultimately reflect your strategy. And it might not necessarily be just a one-off trade. It might be, hey, here's the three, four long-term goals over the next six, eight months that I need to do over that medium term, right? That, that um, you know, that, that two weeks, two months, two years that I talked about, right? That's really the dynasty version of 10, 10, 10 is two weeks, two months, and two years. Thinking about those things, and thinking about really the two month is the it's the medium term. So that's the, you know, it's really this off season thinking about, you know, how do we sort of position ourselves better? Right? Now's the time to sort of think about that. And that should also reflect, you know, long, you got to balance long term and, and short term in that as well. Right. But that's really the thing I think you need to look at. So that's that's one thing. And then another thing uh, that I'm right. I'm writing about. So I'll talk about a little bit here um, in the process of sort of finishing up this this trade um 
or this this trade chapter for the book. Uh, hopefully, uh, I will finish it this weekend and um, aim it for a late Jan. I will. It will be released late January, but uh, depending on the specific date, it'll, it'll depend on actually when I specifically finish. I think I mentioned this in a prior podcast. I can't hold on to it long, so once I get it done in like a weekend, it usually goes the next weekend. It usually ends up being the last week, the second to last, or the last weekend in January. Um, but one of the things, and I, I had this, and I. Writing about trades in Analytics of Dynasty books has been incredibly difficult for me, primarily because it becomes very narrative or you're just sort of telling stories and it's uh, it's not something I, I think is like the greatest, you know, the, the war story anecdote thing isn't necessarily the greatest thing, but thinking in themes, it's taken me basically three years to write a, a trade chapter. Um, and I'm not even sure I'm going to include it as I sort of sit here right now. I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, I'm never feel super good about writing about trades. But one of the things that I'm um, I have in the draft form, whether it it makes it or not, you're getting a behind the scenes view of it. Um, I'll never forget this day. Uh, I was actually I went to the mall and I was just getting out of the house. I needed some Wi-Fi. And um, the mall had like a cafe that I could go to and like sit outside of and use their Wi-Fi. So I went there and I was like, all right, I'm just going to dynasty trade for a couple hours. And this would have been 2018 season. And I had fallen out of contention in a league that, um, uh, sorry, 2019 off season or 2019. It was like right around Thanksgiving time, uh, just before the trade deadline. And I was just making some trades and was going to just try and churn out some some trades and um i think i was actually in the process of writing last year's edition of the analytics of dynasty at the at the time and i i just started sending trade offers and one in a couple of different leagues i was like not contending in or i was sort of on the fence i wanted to try and reset the clock sort of reshape my roster a little bit so one of the, the first trade that i that I sort of include in the story is I offered Julian Edelman in a second round rookie pick to a fellow owner for Devin Singletary in a first. And the trade made a lot of sense because I had, you know, I had fallen out of contention. Uh, I don't know if I was exactly out of the playoffs at that point, but I was like either pretty close to, or was not going to be in the playoffs. And, um, uh, and so like, Edelman wasn't really going to help me. It was sort of a near term. He was sort of a near term asset. And, you know, Singletary, I thought, hadn't really broken out yet. Still really hasn't broken out as I sit here now recording. But I thought, like, hey, he's got kind of a wider range of outcomes long-term. But I I thought that Edelman was going to be more valuable in a trade than than Singletary was. At the time, Edelman was just – he was like a wide receiver six on the season. And Singletary was kind of like – this might have been when Singletary was actually hurt, if memory serves – um, but anyways, my, my second round pick that I was offering was going to be early in the round. And this was a playoff team. Yeah. I was sort of betting, Hey, maybe they're kind of not that good of a playoff team and I can sort of get, you know, one Oh seven, one Oh eight, something like that. Um, but if he was sort of overconfident, he's thinking it's one ten, one eleven, one twelve, and you know, he's looking at my pick and it's like two Oh three and it's not really that much of a move. So I off, so that was really the rationale for it. Uh, and so I made the trade and I, uh, got a near immediate rejection like minutes. Uh, and it's a, and the person said, quote, do you honestly think me trading away a first round pick in Devin Singletary for a 31 year old receiver and a second round rookie pick is a good idea for me? 
and like very accusatory and it was kind of like you know would you do this trade um and you know i just was kind of like oh i guess not right i mean i guess i guess that doesn't make sense for you <laughs> i you know i didn't i didn't know but um i guess it doesn't make sense for you now that you put it that way um and just the unproductive and accusatory nature of it was just super uh you know, shooting yourself in the foot uh in terms of him as a trader right doing that uh just doesn't help right it just doesn't help so later that day sort of unprompted i actually received a i received an offer from a team and at the time he was in last place as a one quarterback league and the way the roster the way the playoffs were constructed he was basically locked into being a top three pick pretty good chance of being 101 I think it was like potential points or like a toilet bowl or something that determined it. But either way, he was going to be a really high rookie, uh, really high first round rookie pick. Um, and so his offer was Kirk Cousins and a fourth round rookie pick. To me, again, this is a start one league for Joe Mixon, a second round rookie pick and a third round rookie pick. Now, at the time, Mixon was uh, like good, not great. Again, he sort of finished out as I think like right running back 10, 12, something like that. So again, not elite, and we've sort of gone full circle on some of the the mixing stuff. Don't necessarily need to rehash that, but a second and a third round rookie pick, right? It, it made both of those were early in the round. Like it made absolutely zero sense to me. Zero sense, right? There's no way in a one quarterback league that that makes remote sense to me. He in and you know Mixon was a top thirty six player at the time, right? In terms of any ADP, and Cousins was what top twenty quarterback maybe, right? And that's in a start one, not even close. So, uh, I just I was like, this is you know I could basically do what this guy did to me, right? This other guy, and this is two totally different GMs, totally different leagues. I could say you know what I could say you know what are you an effing idiot? And, you know, berate him and put it in the league message board and write about it on Twitter and, you know, write a blog post about it and flame the guy. Or I could say I can just take the flip view of it. And what did that say about him? Well, first of all, it said he's probably way different than me. But there was probably some rational aspect to his thinking right probably incorrect but but that offer came from someplace that offer came from a a a theory a strategy one that i didn't agree with obviously but but it came from someplace and so uh, instantly the the only thing that i could say was is that he values quarterback production like as high as anyone that I've ever met in a start one quarterback league, right? I've literally found like the, the 99.9998 percentile of people that value quarterbacks in a, in a start one league. Like I have found the absolute gem of trading partners, right? Cause I'm way different and there's a lot of spread to cover in there. So I found the guy, right? That's, that's instantly what that offer said to me because he's valuing quarterback very, very high and he's trying to buy Mixon, right? And or he's trying to buy Mixon. But the only way that he makes that offer is if he values quarterback insanely high. So, um, 
I set actually in a perfect situation, right? Because I wasn't contending. And as the time broke, it was Russell Wilson had just played a Monday night football game. Uh, it was dramatic against the 49ers. And the entire game, they were talking about how he was uh, an MVP caliber season, right? He was basically uh, in the running for an MVP. And so I was like, this is great because I've got like a trump card, right? Like I can sort of counter this. And so I countered and I said, let's just assume that he values quarterback at like the 99.9998 percentile, right? The absolute elite of quarterback valuations. And just assume that and offer that back to him. So I countered with Russell Wilson for Kirk Cousins, Daryl Henderson, and his 2020 first round rookie pick. All right, so this would have been 2019, right? Like I said, that's probably like November 2019. And um, and again, he was projected as a top four pick, right? With a with I thought a pretty good shot of being the 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 101, right? I thought that was pretty pretty reasonable. Uh, I had zero hope that it was going to be accepted, right? Zero hope, right? Because that those things just don't happen to me. But I had a hunch that if I offered this back to him, it would reset the the negotiations in a way that I was going to be able to capitalize, right? Because if you viewed Kirk Cousins that expensively, the gap between Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson is pretty massive, right? So I basically flipped it on its head. Um, and so sure enough, he rejected it, like, again, almost instantaneously, but immediately countered. And so he immediately countered with basically added a third, right? So my initial offer was Russell Wilson for Kirk Cousins, Daryl Henderson, and a, and a first. His count and um, his counter was Russell Wilson and a, th- and a third, a 2020 third round rookie pick for Kirk Cousins, Daryl Henderson, and a first. So he kept the same offer and just made me give back a third. Right. Standard dynasty practice. You see an offer, reject it, counter it with a third, get yourself an extra rookie pick. And I'm like, I will absolutely accommodate that trade. 100% accommodate that trade. Instant accept for me. Don't tinker, don't do any of that, just accept. And almost instantly, messages started popping up on the message where calling the guy an idiot. And I wasn't me, obviously. I don't want to burn a bridge. Um, but I thought I got him, right? I and mean, I thought that guy had a good deal. And I didn't know if he misunderstood the scoring or what. And so people start flaming him, saying, what a horrible trade. This is just a terrible trade. And I already knew what the answer was because I, I had the information, right? I knew his information spoke to me, right? His information told me a lot about him. And so people are flaming him. His response is, hey, listen, you know, a, a, a huge quarterback season, that's really valuable, right? You, that, that's locked in. You get lots of production out of them. You can really bank on them in your lineup, right? Long-term, it's stable, all these things, right? Exactly what I presume that he would say if he's valuing it at the 99.9998 percentile of quarterback valuation. It's exactly what he was going to say. And I knew he was going to say that because he accepted it. And I knew he was going to say that because that's what his offer spoke to me, right? The outrageous offer that would have otherwise been offensive was very, very valuable, right? So that's really the key lesson in, in trades and in anything, right? And all of these things. Now, I mentioned this in a prior podcast. There's I have a league that I 
you know, that I, someone that I'm drafting with right now, uh, took Mixon really high, and I've got him in a different league, and that's going to be a trade. That's going to be a pivot opportunity for me. So I got to go hunt that out, um, and ma- and try and make that make that happen. But but yeah, this is this is one of those scenarios where the information that you're given, right? No matter how you get it, right? Whether it's an outrageous trade, whether it's trade bait. You know, one of the things with trade bait, I hate using trade bait just because you get low ball offers. But try and figure out what the theme is. Right? Usually there's a theme, especially if it's multiple players. Right? There's there's typically a theme, which is, oh, I'm trying to bail on guys that are uh, old, or I'm rebuilding and trying to acquire young players um, and get rid of all my old guys, or um, pushing all my young guys in for uh, production, or all these guys missed in year one and I'm, I'm out. Right? Like There's usually some sort of method to the madness in terms of the trade bait. Use that. Right, use it. It's not just to say low ball offers, but that probably tells you what the what they are valuing or not valuing. And if you know what they're not valuing or what they're you know what they're trying to accomplish, you can take it a step further and uh, you know figure out what what they would be wanting and offer that to them. Right, that's a key thing. Comments in in group me chats. Right, that happens all the time. You know the table talk. Table talk drives me crazy, especially when people are on the clock, right? But using it is highly valuable. Make a note of it. Say, all right, this person's in on so-and-so or they're out on such-and-such a profile or, you know, they they hate aging wide receivers, right? So that might be a buying opportunity or they're all on youth, right? That might be a sell opportunity to them, right? All of those things. Use that information, right? Even if you think it's outrageous, like, that's the perfect information to get. Even if you think the other person is outrageous, that's a high value opportunity. So anytime you get a trade, you know, I'm not one of those people that always counters every trade, but think about what it's offering. Are they trying to buy one of my players? They're trying to sell somebody else, right? Think about why, right? There might be news on a player, right? They might have had a big breakout game. Maybe they're trying to sell a breakout. And if I'm not buying the breakout, I'm just not buying the breakout, right? Maybe they're trying to buy one of my breakout guys, right? Maybe they're trying to buy low on one of my guys, right? Try and figure all those things out. What what the what the trade is saying, right? It is speaking to you in words not written. Right? It is speaking to you. It is telling you information. Figure out what it is, right? And maybe it even takes, you know, I'm, I'm a big write it down guy. It's probably my day job. But that that's just, you know, a lot of what we what we do is, you know, who sort of we are. And that's just kind of who I am. I write it down, write it down, look at it, think about it, right? Talk it out loud. What is this saying, right? You know, player X and player Y for player Z and pick A, right? What is is this saying, right? What, what, What are they trying to do? Think about it. And then if you like to trade, take it, you know, whatever, right? If that, you know, if that's something you want to work around, if you don't like to trade, think about what it's saying to you and figure out how you can pivot, right? So those are really the trade techniques uh, and, you know, use that information and, you know, think about, think about your team sort of in the, in the build and the strategy you want and use the information that you're given. So that'll be trade advice for this podcast. Until next time, continue embracing the variance. We'll talk again very soon.